0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident finalist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, things are still quite slow, and, and today I don't even have NFL news for you, basically. I know, I know, you're also disappointed. And so, what I thought we would do is just kind of take a step back, and or not back, but forward, and preemptively. And I'm sure we'll do this a couple other times as things change or whatever. And obviously as the weeks arrive. But I want to look forward into the 2022 season. And I want to look at the matchups that we have and just kind of give an overview. Not necessarily a win-loss, but just kind of an overview. Here's where they are weak. Here's where they are strong. Here's where there's good matchups, bad matchups. And yeah, maybe a little bit of here's how we win, here's how we lose kind of thing. It's early, but in reality, there probably isn't going to be um, a massive number of shakeups. Most of the core pieces for all 32 teams are 100% set. And anything that isn't set, the camp battles and everything else, are probably not going to be, again, the core pieces. I don't exactly know how the offensive line is going to shake out, but when our core pieces are there, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, etc., we know how that shakes out. But anyways, let's start with, um... Week one in the Minnesota Vikings because as I look at it, you know it's 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 real interesting because it kind of feels like the Vikings are a really good measuring stick. Um, If you start off with their defense, for example, the defensive line is fairly solid. I've I've mentioned my concerns about you know not really knowing how. The change in scheme is going to affect some of these things because uh, you know these players were players, not all of them, but selected largely based on Zimmer's scheme, um, defensive line and otherwise. So guys like Daniil Hunter, who are going to have to make some changes, you know, I don't know exactly how that's going to impact them, but just looking at the players, um, you've got Tomlinson and Phillips on the inside. Um, Harrison Phillips is a 26-year-old talented guy, um, originally with Buffalo. He kind of vacillates back and forth between, you know, mediocre good, mediocre good. But he's a good run defender, as is Tomlinson, kind of the the same situation. And he's always been good. Um, And and Tomlinson's actually a decent pass rusher as well, at least as far as his grades are concerned. But just consistently good, you know, 70-70-70-70, and then last year he had an 80 um, and then Zadarius Smith, which, you know, I think people have too high of expectations for him because the last time we really remember him, well, he won MVP, and he won MVP the year after he was uh, super dominant, so it seems like most people's memory is uh, two years of absolute dominance and then injury, and now he's back, which isn't necessarily the case. However, I still think Zadarius Smith is a good football player. Um, I still think he's a dangerous football player, so... The defensive line is good. It's not elite. Um, we'll see what Daniil and Zadarius can do. Uh, maybe they can have an elite player, two elite edge rushers. I don't know, but it's at least good. Cam Dansler at corner is good, and, and the rest of the guys are mediocre. The point is, I don't see anybody here. Maybe Harrison Smith. Again, he vacillates quite a bit, and he's kind of kind of slowly fading, finally at 33 years old. And, and by fading, I mean starting in 2017, 92, 80, 88. In the last two years, 74, 78. So at least he's calming down a little bit. He does tend to go up, down, up, down, up, down. So maybe at 33, he'll have another one more big year in him. I don't know. But I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, but either way, there's no elite football player here. The highest graded player on the team is, is Daniel Hunter with an 80.8, but also there's no horrible players. The, the lowest graded is, uh, Kendricks with a 59.9. Smith was a 56, but he didn't play enough to, you know, I mean, Zedarius Smith, that is, didn't, uh, play enough to really get a rank or anything. So that doesn't necessarily count. And and then there's Lewis seen at safety. We don't know how he is, but the point is, It's kind of a measuring stick in terms of if the offense is not ready to go, if they don't know what they're doing, if the wide receiver situation doesn't know what they're doing, if the run game isn't going, we're not going to be able to move against this defense. Not because they're elite, but because they're good enough to at least handle incompetence. Um, in, In fact, they're good enough to destroy you if you are incompetent. If your offensive line can't block, if Rodgers is struggling to get on the same page as the wide receivers, if if the offensive line can't run block or the running backs just aren't having a good day or whatever, um, it's going to be it's going to be ugly, and that's you know you could say well that's true of any team. It's not really true of any team. There there are some defenses, and we will get to them. And obviously, you know, I'm going to pick on the Bears when we get there, um, where you know you can. You can make it work just based on the defense's incompetence. They're just going to hand you stuff. I don't think the Vikings are necessarily going to hand you a lot. And again, what one of the strengths of the defense is probably going to be their run defense. And that's one of the easiest things when, when things aren't working. You kind of lean on that to kind of get things started. But if they shut that down and you are forced to kind of send it through the air and, and you know, point is you're not going to have that. You, you're probably not going to have that crutch of, well, let's just run the ball and see if we can get something going here. So it's, it's kind of funny because there's there's two sort of litmus tests going on, but they're slightly different. Um, our offense against their defense, it's a matter of where is the Packers' offense. From the standpoint of can you operate anywhere near, and, and you know I'm going to be reminding you of this a thousand times when the season rolls around, week one is not necessarily any kind of indication of week 13 or how the Packers will perform in the playoffs. But it'll give us an idea of where they're at right now. And I think if they can't overcome the defense, the offense is not where they need to be. And, you know, Vikings fans will be like, oh, yeah, we got a dominant defense. We got all these t- whatever. No, I don't, I don't think so. But on the flip side of things, it's similar but slightly different. Because in this case, I think you have two good units. Um, again, Kirk Cousins, I do think, is underrated. He was the sixth highest graded quarterback with a basic, almost a 90 overall grade last year um Justin Jefferson is still one of the best wide receivers in football Adam Thielen is starting to seemingly decline a little bit but still 74 overall grade um Dalvin Cook graded out kind of he was a 42nd ranked running back but we we know he's got some explosiveness in him so we we can sit here and talk about he's not that good anymore whatever but uh you give that guy an inch and he's gonna break for a 40-yard run And beyond that, the offensive line is is not the same old garbage offensive line. I mean, just reading from left to right, 72, uh, 68, 60, 67, and 73. It's a decent offensive line. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, if you just look at grades, their offensive line probably grades out better than ours, especially when we don't have some of our key guys back. When you look at Royce and Runyon and Myers in particular. So the question is, how elite is this defense? And the, the more realistic question is how elite are they right out of the gate in week one. But again, it's just kind of a litmus test. We, we've been hearing about how great they are, how dominant they're going to be, you know, all this stuff. This is a good test. Division rival, good not great offensive line, good wide receivers, but we're supposed to have one of the best secondaries in football, right? We got a good pass rush, right? We added to this defensive line and we added Walker. So now we've got two good linebackers, right? And, and a bolstered defensive line, so we should be able to stop the run right? So it just seems like offensively and defensively these are good tests and the the scary thing is you can look at this and see this go wonderfully. The offense is good enough to move against this defense and score points and the defense is good enough to slow down or, or even stop this offense and celebration time. But you can also see a situation where the defense isn't at least at this moment super elite dominant and they're able to move the ball with you know Cook and Smith and Thielen and Jefferson and whoever this third wonderful wide receiver is that they're going to be utilizing all the time, Osborne or whoever, and you can see it get ugly. And it's not going to be fun to lose to the Vikings and then all the, the, the talk and the media about, oh, I guess they're not that good and see what happens when you lose Devontae and the offense couldn't even move against this defense and all this stuff. and that, that and It's just just going to be a nightmare just because of the internal panic of Packer fans and the external Just writing off of the Packers and the chortling and the laughing and the ha-ha and all the nonsense. But again, understanding it rightly, it's a great litmus test, but it's a litmus test for week one. Because at the end of the day, if the Packers still can't beat them when we meet them again later in the season, then we have a problem. Because this is something that we should be able to overcome. If we aren't good enough to overcome the Vikings' defense, I think that's a problem. And again, it's not because they're horrible, because I think they're middle of the road. And if you can't overcome a middle-of-the-road defense, then we know we're not a top-10 offense. And the same could be said about this offense. Jefferson is good. Cousins is good. You know, Thielen is decent. And that's kind of it. You're dealing with, you know, again, the whole Cook thing, mediocre offensive line. If we're going to have a top-five defense, like we've all been hoping and praying and wringing our hands, waiting to watch, this is an offense we should be able to stop. Because there are better offenses than the Vikings' offense. So week one will be interesting. And, and again, the biggest thing is, it's just going to be, is it what we thought they were? The great news is that either way, we get Chicago the very next week. If we lose, we have the ability for a get-right game. Now, the, the, obviously, the, the great horror is going to be, man, if we lose this game, something is very, very wrong. Um, but if we lose to the Vikings, we have the opportunity to come back and just annihilate the Bears and kind of get back on track, build up some confidence not only among external factors like fans and the media, but within the team. But this, I mean, from the defensive standpoint, I mean, this should be Joe Barry just unleashing the hounds. Because our only real task here is to shut down Darnell Mooney, who is the 33rd ranked wide receiver in football, right? He's not even top 32, which is to say he's not even a number one wide receiver. Um, That's basically it. You do have David Montgomery, but if they're beating you by running the ball all the time, you know, with Justin Fields occasionally taking off and running and everything, um, that that's that's a problem. But again, you got Smith and Gary setting the edge. You got Walker and Campbell at linebacker. You got Amos and Savage at safety, and then you got the entire defensive line. We should be able to corral a run game. And and again, if we're talking top five coverage unit in the NFL against maybe the worst wide receiver unit in football, it shouldn't be a competition. It shouldn't be a problem at all. And there's no question how bad the Bears wide receiver unit is. So the only question is, is this a top five secondary? Is this a top five cornerback group? I mean, it's it's what, Jair Alexander on Darnell Mooney? Eric Stokes on Equinemius St. Brown? Razul Douglas on Byron Pringle? You got uh, Rookie Walker on Cole Komet, or maybe Campbell on Komet, or Amos on Komet. It doesn't really matter. Komet has not been very good. And that doesn't even speak to the fact that they have a horrific offensive line, and we should be able to terrorize Justin Fields in this game. So again, absolutely unleash the Hounds. I mean, th- this this should be similar to, what was it, the, the Browns game? I was going to say Steelers, but I think it was the Browns and, and Miles Garrett in particular. Uh, Justin Fields should be on his back four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times in this game. Just terrorize the young guy. If he throws a couple remarkable passes and completions because we're we're, you know, putting the game on him and he makes a couple plays, fine. He's not going to be able to make consistent plays all the way down the field. Let him have the 20-yarder to Mooney. Bring him again. Bring him again. Bring him again. This is the game that people need to say, you know what, maybe this is a top five defense. I know it's just the Bears, but that was crazy. And then again, on offense, it's it's similar but but different. It's It's a matter of the Bears defense is so bad we should be able to move. But again, the issue is if we can't, it's time to panic. I mean, they don't have a pass rush. They don't have corners. They don't have linebackers. They don't have safeties. They don't have a defense. I mean, okay, maybe Quinn plays for the team, and he had a bunch of sacks last year, and he's not the worst pass rusher. Okay. Um, Muhammad, on the other end, not the worst in the world, but he ranked 57th, so whatever. Defensive tackles, though, are are horrific. And again, the, the media can talk about Roquan all they want, and I'm sure he's got some seriously amazing highlights because the guy's really fast. So he's done some cool stuff in coverage and he can get to the sideline really fast. But this is one of the worst linebackers in football. 47 overall grades, 64th out of 87. And, and you know, again, the, the whole thing, that the panicking and all that about, but what if they're not very good? Why? Well, because Devontae's not. We've beaten so much better of football teams without Devontae than the Bears. We have Alan Lazard. We have Aaron Jones. We have Randall Cobb. We have A.J. Dillon. We've been down this road before. We're presumably going to have Robert Tunyon. If the offense can't make it work at this level, it's not even because of Devontae at this point. It's it's something else. It's a regression from Rodgers. It's a, you know, maybe it's because we're trying to change the way the offense operates and it's just not clicking yet. Maybe it's the young guys trying to be featured and failing. Something that, you know, they're trying to build in a new direction and it hasn't taken shape yet, but it has to. At this this point, week two against the Bears, you're not going to get too many more gimmies. This is a get right game. Figure it out. One of the reasons you got to do that is because you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up the very next week. Um, Now, you know, the Buccaneers are not exactly the same team that they were. They're still trying as hard as they can to hold on to everybody. They've held on to a lot of the same guys. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not a good football team. They, you know, they lost Sue, but they added Akeem Hicks. That's probably an upgrade, to be honest. But it's still not this unbeatable dominant force. It feels like it because, you know, we've got some memories. And it's Tom Brady who can never be doubted or counted out. But if you look at their defense, it kind of is more reminiscent of the Vikings. Honestly, the biggest difference would be they maybe have more good pieces, but they also have more bad pieces. They have a very similar defensive line in which there's a kind of a question mark on one of the edge pieces, but you got Shack Barrett, then you got Hicks, and then you got Vea, which is a great unit. Probably better than the Vikings, but not by as much as a lot of people would necessarily think. Again, that kind of depends on how good the Vikings are, but it's similar. However, the Vikings do have two good corners in Dean and Davis, and then they have Levante David at linebacker. And I know um, again, most people are going to say no. They have two good linebackers. Uh, they have Levante David and then Devin White. Okay, well, Devin White is worse than Roquan. I don't. I don't know what else to tell you. Again, he he's a good complementary piece. I'm sure there are certain things he slots in and he does really well, but um 2019 he had a 52 overall grade 2020 he had a 48 overall grade 2021 he had a 35 overall grade it doesn't get too much lower than that he ranked 80th out of 87 linebackers and again it's it's similar to um Roquan in that you get these small fast guys and they're just horrific against the run and honestly his coverage grade is a 43 but his run defense grade is a 28 the only thing redeemable about the guy is his pass rush grade at 66 so if you want to be scared of him, be scared of him, I guess. And, and everybody's gonna tell you that he's a great linebacker and all that stuff. That's that's fine. I'm just I'm just reading it. But then on top of that they have the number two ranked safety in Antoine Winfield. So they, they have more it's it's like an upgraded version of the Vikings. Which again is to say if, if your offense isn't if your offense isn't real good, you're probably gonna struggle. You're not gonna limp your way through this. You got to know what you're doing. You got to have some kind of a rhythm. You got to have an offensive line. You got to have a run game. You you, you got to be able to execute. So, doable. But, you know, at this point in week 3, we got to kick it up a notch. It's not just week 1 where it's like you got to be fairly decent or week 2 where you just have to be able to to, you know, if you can breathe, you'll be able to score points. Now it's you got to be kind of good. You don't have to be elite. This isn't Legion of Boom. It's not the purple people eaters or the 85 Bears or any of that stuff. It's just a good unit. And then when you flip over to the offense, it's it's again similar to the Vikings in that it's you gotta be good, but you gotta kick it up a notch. At this point, we kinda need that top ten, top five defense mantra to come through because this is a very, very good offensive line. They have a talented running back and four net. Second highest graded quarterback in all football last year was Tom Brady, ninety one point seven overall grade and they have three solid wide receivers. Godwin was ranked 11th, Evans was ranked 30th, and Gage was ranked 31st. That's, you know, along with an offensive line that's, you know, 14th and 6th ranked tackles, the number four ranked guard, number 14 ranked center, and then Gadecki at left guard. I'm not sure exactly how he's gonna perform, but kinda doesn't matter at this point. This, this is one of, probably one of the top offenses. And so we're going to need one of the top defenses, right? We need three good corners to take out this unit we need a good defensive line from end to end to combat this off, uh, this offensive line so th- th- this has the potential to be clash of titans and and you hope so because it's still early in the season but you could honestly see a situation if this defense can handle the vikings and then completely crush the bears this could be again it's only week 3 it doesn't mean much but still going to be exciting build as you know the, the, the number 1 defense against the number 1 offense potentially Clash of the Titans. I hope that's the case and not, you know, this underwhelming Packers defense needing to get right and needing to do it in a hurry up against this Goliath of an offense. That's not as fun of a narrative from my perspective. But again, this is what we do it for. This is, you know, we went out and we got Gary and we 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 got Preston who had a good year and we got Stokes and we got Jair and you know we paid Clark and we brought in Devonte Wyatt and we brought in Campbell and we brought in Walker and we brought in Amos and we drafted Savage and I mean this this defense is built from the ground up we went out and got Reed along the defensive line I mean this is Gudukan's built every single brick of this with the exception of Clark and Lowry this, this is crafted and molded to be a dominant defense now is the time to put it to work again it's only week 3 not the end of the world, but this is, this is what we do it for, right? This, this is the point of all of it, all this investment in defense. It's so that when a team like Tampa Bay, um, I was going to say comes into town, but we're going there, but when you face a team like Tampa, you can beat them. And that's going to be fairly true the very next week, too, against the New England Patriots, who were a sneaky good team last year. I mentioned last year they had their ups and downs, but you look at uh, point differential and things and how bad they were just annihilating teams, and you can kind of see it when you look at the offense because there's just basically no holes. They don't have as good of a group of wide receivers, which obviously is going to be solid if, if our if our corners can be... I mean, if this is just an elite secondary, we can be one of the few teams to completely shut down, you know, the Patriots and make this one of their bad days because if, you, if you're completely cut off at wide receiver, it really is going to make it hard to move anywhere but um even still you know they went out and got guys like hunter henry who's a forgotten phenom you know 2016 2017 just this elite guy and then kind of got injured in 2018 ends up going to the patriots and he, he hasn't been that level that he used to be in you know his first two years but he's still been solid he's been in the 70s he was the 10th ranked tight end last year um again kind of a sneaky solid option at tight end um Mac Jones was the 11th highest graded quarterback in football last year. Patriots always have a stable of good running backs. But on top of that, I mean, this is one of the better offensive lines in football. Again, an underrated unit. You hear about, you know, Cleveland and all these different teams. You don't really hear about the Patriots very much. But win at left tackle, 75 overall grade. Strange is, is the first round draft pick that they picked up. We'll see how he does. Andrews at center, 80 overall grade, 5th highest graded center. On Winu, if that's even how you say his name, 86.7 overall grade, 3rd ranked guard in football. And then Brown at right tackle, 74 overall grade, 33rd ranked tackle. So really across the board, the only guy that isn't in the 70s is Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver. That's it. And he has a 65 overall grade, not that horrible. It's same grade as Stokes had last year. And the good news is the Patriots defense, um, again, you know, they they were sneaky good last year, but just looking at the individual pieces, not nearly as impressive as the offense. Judon, Godshaw, Barmore, Uche, 62, 63, 63, 61. You know, that's completely mediocre defensive line. Corners, 52, 50, 67. You know, the, the, the strength of it is sort of the I guess backfield the safeties and linebackers McCourty and Duggar at safety Wilson Bentley at linebacker that that's that's more or less the strength of it but once again and it's kind of funny how this keeps happening these are kind of reasonable matchups a lot of teams with better offenses than defenses so it's it's works in our favor in that regard and and listen for all I know we're gonna have a better offense than we have a defense that's entirely possible if the offense is just clicking the way it was and has been and doesn't really miss a step and the defense was just kind of overrated then yeah we're just going to have another another year of better offense than defense but this this is completely manageable not saying it's going to be super easy and again the wide receivers are going to have to still beat these corners even if they're bad at football and it's bill Belichick so he's going to find a way to make it make it hard on you but again it's 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 a low bar you need to be able to get over this hump That game is in Green Bay, as is the next week, the New York Giants. Giants are a little bit more like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in that they've got some pretty good pieces and some pretty bad pieces. They they got Jackson at corner, Williams and Lawrence on the uh, defensive tackle spot, McKinney at safety is very good. They drafted Thibodeau. We'll see what he can do off the edge. But they've also got some pretty bad pieces. I mean, they got a couple different safeties that are, or, excuse me, rookies that are going to be playing, including Thibodeau and Belton at safety. Uh, Blake Martinez is subpar. Crowder is horrific at linebacker. So this is probably going to be sort of a pick on the weaknesses thing. Pick on the linebackers. The edge, again, depending on Thibodeau, the edge is pretty weak for the Giants. So I, I get the impression this is a lean on the running backs game not just in terms of running, but but if you utilize them out of the backfield, you're going to have, you know, guys like Blake. And I always like Blake, but he's a, he's a tackler. You got guys like Blake Martinez trying to chase Aaron Jones out of the backfield. That That's going to be problematic. And you do that enough, and you got guys like Belton, the safety, trying to start chasing from, you know, sneaking up to try to stop all these wide receiver screens and everything else. And that's when you send somebody like Christian Watson down the field. So th- this this game, I think, is largely going to be about manipulation which every game kind of is when you're talking about Matt LaFleur. I mean, I tend to look at things through the lens of of matchups and winning one-on-one and all that, the the Mike McCarthy style of football of Lazard against Jackson, who wins. You know, Lazard lines up and he runs his route, and if he wins and gets open, he gets the ball. If Jackson wins, then we don't get the ball. But in this case, again, when you have strengths, but you also have some big weaknesses, the the goal coming in is going to be to manipulate those weaknesses. And again, we have enough talent to be able to do that. And, and, you know, the big X factors like pass rush that really mess you up. Again, I'm not really expecting that to be a big issue. Uh, Ojolari is not very good. The, the big question is going to be Kayvon Thibodeau. And hopefully we have David Bakhtiari playing at this point. And so that ends up not being as much of a factor. The biggest thing, though, and again, this comes down to how good is the defense, but this should be um, pretty cut and dry. Not that they're terrible. You know, they added another offensive tackle in Evan Neal at right tackle, so they've, they've maybe got some, a, a good tackle group, but the interior is, is kind of iffy. The wide receivers are good, not great. Depends on Kadarius Toney and what his whole situation is. Kenny Galladay there, although he took a step back last year. The point is, this offense has been promising, but never reaching their potential for a long time. Saquon Barkley has never gotten going. Um, Daniel Jones is always... Decent, but not good enough. And and then the wide receivers are just lacking. So it's just been a very lackluster offense. And again, if, if this defense is anywhere near what we think it's going to be, they should be able to carve them up, no problem. So it's really going to come down to, can the offense do enough to manipulate the defense and, and find a way to win? And that really shouldn't be as big of an issue. I think if it is an issue, it's less to do with the Giants being great and more to do with the Packers really just not being where they need to be. Again, we, we've got some tough games here, but you know the, the the good thing about this is we've got a lot of new stuff. We've got this this defense that we're trying to get revved up. We've got an offense we're trying to get figured out. And although there's a couple actual tests in here, the fact that we've got Chicago, um, the fact that we've got Week Five the Giants, and then follow that up with Week Six the Jets, I mean at this point it, it, it's like a it's like a runway, you know? It's like a runway, and we've got a, a fairly long runway to be able to to build up some speed and and take off because the jets are are just a disaster and so we should have several wins under our belt you know i'm I'm not expecting to be undefeated but um you know the the again the the biggest disappointment with the jets is they went out and got this supposed freak of a of a coach gonna be so amazing he's the 49ers defensive coordinator. He's an absolute genius. He's going to fix it. A... The Jets defense got significantly worse. Now they went out and made some moves, and they they do have some pieces. They've got Reed at corner, who's pretty solid. They went out and drafted Sauce Gardner. They drafted um, Jermaine Johnson. They have Carl Lawson off the edge, who's a, a good football player. I believe they lost him last year. That might have even happened in like a scrimmage with the Packers. I'm not sure, but. Um, the safeties are not the worst in the world, but there's, just, there's a lot of question marks, right? We're assuming Johnson and Gardner are good football players and Lawson comes back and is in, in good enough shape. But even still, this defensive tackle unit is terrible. The linebackers are terrible. It's just not good. And so best case scenario for the Jets is their corners are locked down and that makes the Packers struggle. But even still, the middle of the defense is so soft. And at this stage, LaMarcus Joyner is more of a name than, than anything. You know, a guy who was good, but not so much anymore. They brought in Whitehead from Tampa Bay. I mean, they've done so much to prop up this defense because they have a... They had a goal to bring in this brilliant defensive guy, and he came in, and the defense got worse, and they're like, well, this is embarrassing. We got to fix this. So they, they invested a lot, and I'm still looking at a disaster, and we're just looking at the defense, the offense, well, the offense really just comes. It's similar to the Bears, although probably slightly better than the Bears' situation because they did draft Wilson, Garrett Wilson. Um, they do have Corey Davis. The offensive line is is actually fairly decent, but Wilson was one of the worst quarterbacks in football. So it's it's sort of it's sort of like Justin Fields, except he actually has potential to grow. He has an offensive line that can block. He has maybe good wide receivers. You know, Davis was ranked fifty fifth. Moore in the slot was ranked 45th so it's it's kind of a matter of how good is Garrett Wilson and if any of these guys I guess can improve but the point is outside of a of a solid offensive line and by solid I mean 70s across the board which is you know Fant is ranked 39th Vera Tucker ranked 39th Becton we'll see what he can do but this is only an offense that if Wilson can improve a struggling defense is going to get beat up a good defense is not going to have an issue with this so, again, if, if we're talking about a, a Packers team that's a contender, this is just another strip of runway. After that, we're back on the road going to Washington to face the Commanders. And I think offensively, at least, maybe defensively, I don't know, it's kind of similar to the Jets. Good offensive line, which Washington always has. Good offensive line, good defensive line. It's just their thing. Um, they've got Dotson, who they drafted. But they also have Terry McLaurin, who is, is a step above. And they also have Carson Wentz, who's a step above. And, and, and it, it's similar in that it's going to depend where Wentz is at. But I think either way, Wentz is a better quarterback. McLaurin is a better wide receiver. So this is a stepped-up version of the Jets. We're still dealing with a team that a good off a good defense is not going to struggle with. But a struggling defense is absolutely going to struggle. And I think the hardest part about this is kind of similar to when you can't run the ball on offense it's just kind of hard to get things moving if you can't get to the quarterback it's hard to get things moving on defense if he has time in the pocket if you know if, if you're struggling to run the ball it, it's hard to get them out of a rhythm and they have a good offensive line they brought in Charles Leno from the Bears who's a 12th ranked tackle they've got Norwell at left guard who's decent they've got uh, Roulier at center who's solid Trey Turner at right guard is decent, and Sam Cosme, the right tackle, is solid. 75 overall grade. So, you know, good, not great. A really good defensive line is going to be able to get to Wentz, disrupt, stop the run. But if it's not that dominant, if it's just Rashawn Gary's a good pass rusher and nobody else can do anything because, you know, Clark is good for five sacks a season and Smith is regressing and Devontae Wyatt is still just a rookie and Lowry's Lowry and Reed's Reed and Slayton is Slayton. Then it's going to be, you know, Rashawn trying to do everything by himself, which is my concern. And they're going to need to handle their business because we got enough to deal with with the wide receivers and, you know, running backs out of the backfield and all that stuff. The secondary, the linebackers, they got their own deal going on. So they're going to need to be able to generate pressure and, and handle the offensive line. And again, on defense, they have, as always, a, a solid defensive line. Not super elite, but just the same as it always is. Just 70s and 80s across the board. Chase Young, Sweat. Payne and Allen, the the big Alabama boys on the inside. It's just the same song and dance. The difference is, though, everything else is quite bad with the exception of Kendall Fuller, and Kendall Fuller's a question mark. He was real good last year. He's actually ranked third, Um, but that's kind of fluky. Part of that is because he ranked really, really high in run defense, which is completely random but beyond that in the previous three years he ran kind of in the 70s so i don't expect him to be quite that good although he's still solid but they don't have any other corners horrific 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 linebacker group and just decent safeties so once again the uh the defense is kind of lacking i would say where the offense is which is an opportunity for our offense but again it's it's the whole thing with the defensive line our offensive line is going to have to handle that if they can't doesn't really matter that they have bad linebackers. You're going to struggle. If Aaron Rodgers is under duress and we can't run the ball, we lose. That's the recipe to beat the Packers always and forever. So again, this is the reason why in the offseason I was so adamant about the offensive line is the most important thing, because that's how you beat the Packers. Don't let it happen. Anyways, we're going to take a break here. I got to kind of speed this up a little bit because I'm, as I knew I would, I'm taking too much time with each team, but uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll finish out these games. All right, so now we're getting into a really rough spot um, on the schedule, and that is week eight, because week eight, we have the Buffalo Bills, and that's at Buffalo. So no more runway. Um, It is, we either get this plane off the ground or we're going to crash time, because the Buffalo Bills obviously are one of the premier teams in football. If you look at just about any power ranking, if Buffalo isn't number one, they're, they're right up there. Now Again, I tend to think it's very similar to a lot of the other teams in which the the strength of the team is the offense, so it's going to be kind of a Clash of the Titans thing. But let's start with their defense. They did add Von Miller. Um, Von Miller just refuses to be anything other than an elite dominant force. Um, He did have his first non-90 season ever in his career, dating back to 2011 in 2019. And he didn't play in 2020, but 2021 he comes back and you're thinking, all right, he's old. He hasn't... Done anything since 2018? What does he do in 2021? He gets a 91.2 overall grade. So, um, Von Miller is just a, a, a different species. Still have the really good safeties, decent defensive line outside of Von Miller. Uh, Tredavious is still there. He's 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 not the guy that he was a long time ago, but he's still a decent cornerback. They added a, a Kair Alam. So it's not going to be a walk in the park with Buffalo's defense, but I also think it's more doable than people would assume. It's not just elite players across the board. There's there's stuff to work with here. But on the other side is, again, where we're going to need that championship defense because you got Diggs and Davis at wide receiver, which is a really good pairing, and then the the, the main driver of this, which is Josh Allen. This is a really high-octane offense. You know, decent enough offensive line. They added James Cook at running back because why not? Uh, they got Crowder in the slot. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're going to need the secondary. That's what we're going to need. We're going to need the secondary to just completely shut down. I don't know why there's so many airplane references, but no fly zone. Shut down all, just shut down all airspace, right? No, can't can't go this way. Take away the big plays. Keep everything in front of you. Let them try to dink and dunk their way down the field and try to make a big play somewhere in there. Get the pass rush going, get get a, a play on the ball, and just hope the offense can can outpace what, what Buffalo's doing. That's that's about it. After that, we have Detroit. Um, again, very similar in terms of better offense than defense. Um, I, I I want so desperately to say this is a rest and recovery week. You know, we're, we're back on the road, but still, it's the Lions. It should be a win. Um... And it, it is a bad team, man. But, you know, Detroit always gives us a hard time, even when they're horrible, and they probably do take a step forward. But even though they added Aiden Hutchinson to this unit, this has still got to be one of the worst. Just defensive tackle and linebacker groups. Probably the worst defensive tackle. Yet. And, in fact, I there's no way anybody's worse at defensive tackle. Uh, Onwuzurike ranked 100th out of 109. Brocker is ranked 104th out of 109. Their linebackers uh alex anzalone ranked 79th out of 87 with a 35 overall grade the other linebacker davis had a 28.6 overall grade now that was a small sample size and davis was slightly better the year before in 2020 but he didn't really play that much there either so the last time he actually played any amount was in 2019 he had a 38 overall grade so just horrific um They've got uh, Tracy Walker, who had a really good rookie season, but hasn't really been able to replicate that since, so he's kind of mediocre. Um, it's it's just bad across the board. The highest grade I can see on this entire defense is their edge rusher, Charles Harris, with a 68.3 overall grade, and he kind of had a... That was like a breakout year for him. So, I mean, if you, if you can't move the ball against them, then, then then, I don't know, you just suck, I guess. Um, on the opposite side, again, another good offensive line. A lot of good offensive lines that we're going to be going up against. Uh, just 75, 70, 86, 68, 77. So just, you know, green across the board. Good football players. Ragnall's really solid. Good tackle group. You got Hawkinson. You got DJ Chark. Amon Ross, or uh, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown, who broke out. They drafted Jamison Williams, who's a, a big, you know, obviously going to be a speed threat, as is Chark a little bit. But, I mean, th- there's stuff here. It shouldn't be enough to overcome a top five defense, if that's what it is, which is what we hope it is, but it's enough to beat up on you if you don't know what you're doing. Again, consistent themes throughout this season. It seems like it's tailor-made for our team. Our offense has decent defenses that we should be able to beat. The defense is going up against good offenses, but it's still, if it is what we want it to be, uh, should be good enough. After Detroit, we're back home. We got the Dallas Cowboys coming into town. In my opinion, very similar. I know the defense was kind of the driver last year, but I'm I am expecting some regression there. Still some dangerous stuff, but but offensively, you've got a offensive line that is still relatively scary. I mean, it's kind of starting to fall apart. There's some cracks, but they still have two of the best offensive linemen in all of football. There, um, you got Schultz at tight end, who's really solid. You got C.D. Lamb. You got Michael Gallup. You got Dak Prescott. You got Ezekiel Elliott, which I don't know how good Ezekiel Elliott is anymore. But again, it's a good offense. And again, we need our defensive line to be able to step up against this offensive line. And again, we're going to need our corners to take out a good wide receiver group. It's amazing how similar a lot of these are. The one good note here is that they've got a pretty weak spot at right tackle. And so if they leave Gary over on that right side, looking from the offensive side, he might be able to have a, a field day over there. But again, I really think a lot of this is just going to come down to our secondary taking away Gallup and Lamb. And if they can do that, and we got Walker and Campbell that are just, you know, just doing their job and tackling with Ezekiel and whoever else is going to be running the ball, I think that'll be good enough. Defensively, again, a lot of people are real scared, but, um, you know, Micah Parsons is, is, is scary, right? And it, as, a, as a pass rusher, and you, you got Lawrence off the edge who's still really scary. So there there are some threats of pass rush, and if, again, if Rodgers is under duress, we might be in trouble, but I don't think they have good corners. I don't think Trayvon Diggs is a good corner. He had a billion picks, and you know, maybe maybe he has a high number this year. It's not going to be as high as it was last year. That that was a once-in-a-generation season for the for for Diggs. And so, you know, in reality, he had a fifty-eight overall grade. Their other corner, Brown, has a 66. Outside of Lawrence, their defensive line is Fowler with a fifty-five, Gallimore with a 49, and Watkins had a fifty-eight. Parsons is you know, I mean, if he gets used more as a pass rusher, you got that, but then their other linebackers are not all that great. They do have a couple of good safeties. Finally, they've been trying to get safeties forever. Curse uh, and Hooker uh, stepped up last year, both in the 70s. But again, there's plenty of weaknesses here, especially along the defensive line. And, you know, Parsons kind of falls in line with some of these other guys. Um, not exactly, but um, 93 pass rush grade, 70 coverage grade, 61 run defense grade. I mean, he he's like... Roquan and and White just on a much higher level, right? Really good at pass rush, decent at coverage, bad in run defense. Mike is just elite, good, decent, as opposed to, you know, decent, bad, horrific, or whatever. So again, it it should be more than doable. It's really just a matter of keep the pass rush at bay and you should be able to throw the ball against this secondary. You should be able to run the ball against this defensive line. I mean, you got to watch out for Lawrence, but Parsons isn't a, isn't a concern. Fowler is a joke. Uh, the defensive tackles are, 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 you know, they're still big, strong dudes, but as far as defensive tackles go, they're not much. Leighton Vanderesh, he hasn't done much since basically his rookie year. So you should be able to move the ball. It's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. No team is going to make it super easy. We're not going to rack up 60 points against anybody this year. We're going to need a punter, but it's it's in my estimation very doable. Next up, we got the Tennessee Titans at home. Obviously, a lot of us have very good memories about the Tennessee Titans and whatnot. Um, hoping to have similar success, uh, you know. Once again, defense lacking the offense custom tailor-made for the Green Bay Packers maybe um defensive line Jeffrey Simmons decent on the inside horrible pass rushers uh subpar linebackers potentially bad corners I guess Uh, they they drafted Caleb Farley last year he only played three games and and not even basically like two games graded out terribly but he's he's young so I guess who knows um, Christian Fulton hasn't really proven to be much. They have one of the best, if not the best, safety units. But otherwise, there's there's not a lot here to work with. Um, I mean, not horrific, I guess. 60s, 70s, a couple 50s. But nothing super wonderful. Um, again, a competent offense should be able to handle it. Complication, again, is the offense. Uh, Tannehill, still a decent quarterback in this system eighth overall quarterback last year they did lose some pieces but they still have woods and westbrook at wide receiver 75 overall grade and 68 overall grade and they drafted traylon burks we'll see what he is at this point but obviously the majority of this offense is going to run through derrick henry the other big question for tennessee is it seems as though their offensive line is sort of deteriorating taylor Lewan is not exactly what he was They've got Jamarco Jones at left guard, who is just not very good at football. Again, these things may change pending camp battles, but that's what it is as of now. Ben Jones at center is pretty solid, which I think we're facing all the top 10 centers this year. Every center I've looked at so far is top 10, which I guess makes sense because there's only like 32 of them. Uh, Nate Davis at right guard is decent, but then right tackle, it looks like they're trying to get this uh, Dylan Raduns, however you say his name. I was hoping to not have to say his name anymore. By the way, a guy that a lot of Packer fans really like, but um, he played one, two, three, four, five, six games very sparingly last year. Had a 49 overall grade. Looks like he's going to get the start, but that is that is a problem for them. So, Again, the question is the offensive line and how well it's going to hold up. Because if, if your offense largely runs through a running back and you don't have an offensive line, that's going to be kind of problematic. And there's also not very good, I mean, there, there used to be very good wide receiver options here. There aren't necessarily anymore. So I do think the offense is going to be a little bit worse. But it's still decent offensive line, good quarterback, very good running back, and somewhat decent wide receiver options pending Traylon Burks. Week 12, we are at Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia is one of the biggest question marks, I think, this season in terms of they might be bad, they might be dominant, I don't really know. Um, Jalen Hurts took a pretty big step, he may continue to take a step, one of the better offensive lines in football, which is a characteristic of the Eagles, and that continues. um, Basically three dominant players at left, right tackle, and center, and then the guards 70 overall grade and 75 overall grade so you got 88 70 85 75 83 on top of that dallas goddard at tight end was the second highest graded tight end a.j brown formerly of the titans who we fortunately don't have to face the week prior is a philadelphia eagle now one of the top wide receivers in football he was the fifth highest graded wide receiver last year that was a step back from 2020 they've got devonta smith who has a rookie had a 77.7 overall grade could very well take a step this year so i mean this is this is one of the more elite units out there one of the best offensive lines one of the best wide receiver groups one of the best tight ends in football um if jalen hurts is even as good as he was i think this is a really tough unit to go up against and so again it comes down to how good is this defense really the the bottom line is as i'm learning if, if this isn't at least a top 10 but more likely closer to top five unit we're we're probably in some trouble here but even if it is i mean this this is a tough unit to go up against and you're you're basically just banking on hoping that jalen hurts isn't very good i guess on the flip side again our offense gets a reprieve maybe the other way to look at this is i really hope this is a top five offense because if somehow we can muster a top five offense we're just going to steamroll everybody because the defenses are not that good Um, they do have Darius Slay who's a pretty solid cornerback I would say underrated cornerback Um, the defensive line which is usually very good has been allowed to kind of deteriorate they've put a lot of resources into the offense and they're just basically clinging to life to guys like Fletcher Cox who has been declining since 2019 he had a 90 overall grade in 2019 74 in 2020 and a 68 in 2021 the wheels are just basically falling off at this point um they've got javon hargrave who seemed like a pretty good football player for a time but now has seemingly fallen off basically since 2019 again maybe there was a scheme change or something that took place in 2019 i don't know but he had a 30 run defense grade just to give you an idea 91 pass rush so there's that but horrific run defense grade uh 67 overall they've still got um brandon graham kind of a similar situation the guy's 34 years old um He was in the 90s back in 2017 then 88 84 81 and then 62 this past year which largely is because of an injury so he probably has more juice than that but it's been a slow drip slow decline um, for quite a while so across the defensive line 67 68 67 62 Um, they have a decent linebacker in t.j edwards out of wisconsin Um, so i mean it it's not bad they still have some, some studs and some pieces and guys that at least used to be studs and decent linebacker, one solid corner. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park, but this isn't the strength of the team like it used to be. After that, we have the Bears, who we already talked about. That's in Chicago, so we're not going to cover that again. Um, after that, we have the Rams. That's at home, fortunately, for us. Looking at the Rams' defense, it's kind of similar to the one we've always known, the um, Hopefully this is, you know, JJ always says this is a team he's least scared of because it's just it's just kind of baked into the cake. We beat the Rams. That's just kind of how it goes. Um, we'll see. I hope he's, he's right in his optimism. But I, I, I think the addition of Joe Barry can only help. A guy that, that fundamentally understands this defense very, very well. Not that we really needed help to begin with, but I think it's a good thing that it's largely the same unit that we've gone up against. You've got Aaron Donald, who's one of the best football players in NFL history. That's not even really debatable. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was graded as the number one corner in football last year. The issue I have is that that's kind of it. And um, that's a little bit unfair because it's, it's a solid unit in terms of there's really no weaknesses anywhere, but as far as like really good players, that's pretty much it. Um, outside of Ramsey, I mean, it used to be the case that they had three really good corners they don't anymore. They've got two guys that graded out at basically 60, 70th-ranked and 74th-ranked corners. So that's a big downgrade. It used to be like two top fives and a top 20. But the defensive line outside of Aaron Donald, 74, 70, and 64. Linebacker 61, 71. One of those linebackers being Bobby Wagner, which obviously is, is scary, but you know, Bobby Wagner's 32 years old. Not exactly the guy he was. Still still got it, and he's been kind of going up and down, up and down. It was 91-76, 85-71, so we'll see if he has his big bounce back year this year, but I'm hoping for another step backward from Bobby Wagner. So, you know, the bottom line is it's, it's doable, which we should all know because, again, we've beaten the Rams on several occasions. Aaron Donald is a scary human being. Hopefully we got Elton Jenkins back to, even just for this game, let's put him at left guard honestly that's not the worst idea i doubt we're going to do it but it would be kind of cool to do first of all to mess with aaron donald but second of all because i mean aaron donald is the number one priority let's just do it but you know donald is going to get some pressure and ramsey's going to be tough to play with but i feel like we can work around this unit for sure um if you're looking at the other side of the ball the green bay packers are going up uh, against a as as usual good offensive line good quarterback Benefit, I guess, is that although we do have to go up against Cup, who is who's incredibly talented, there's not much else. The running back group is not spectacular. Higby is not the greatest tight end in the world. Um, Allen Robinson obviously had a complete fall off. Maybe he has a bounce back. I don't know. But he, he dropped off a cliff. And then they've got Jefferson, who is just kind of bad at football. So, I mean, the question is, are, are they just going to drop back and make it the Cooper Cup show? And if so, are we going to be able to take that away? We should be able to. I mean, not, not take it away as in it, it doesn't exist, but take it away in terms of it's not enough to completely ruin us. We, we should be able to, unlike, the, for example, the Baltimore game, where they had one player that we just could not figure out how to stop, that kind of stuff needs to go away. And again, the the other big question is just pass rush. I mean, it's a good offensive line, but, but can you dial something up? Can you, can you get Kenny going? Can you get Gary? Can you get Rashawn? Can you get Devontae Wyatt? Can you get some of these guys... To go up against decent offensive lines and still be disruptive, still tear things up, still get to Stafford. That's the important part. We've got Miami after that, and this might be the first unit where the offense is better than the defense, which excuse me, the, the, the defense is better than the offense, which can be maybe somewhat of a blessing because if it is a solid defense and you can just shut down an entire offense, that works in your favor. Now, I don't know that to be the case. It's going to depend a lot on Tua, and the fact of the matter is they do have some pretty good wide receivers. It doesn't matter if Tua can't do anything, but you got Jalen Waddell, you got Tyreek Hill, um, Cedric Wilson, probably not a super big threat, but he was decent last year somehow, sixth round pick in 2018, Hasn't done anything for a couple years. Suddenly 71.7 overall grade. I don't know. Um, offensive line is kind of a mess. Not much at tight end. Not much at running back. So, you know, we'll see. If if Tua can manage to distribute the ball to these wide receivers, I guess you can say that maybe they have a better offense. I don't know. But it's I think I think it's a good matchup. They've got wide receivers across the board. we got corners across the board. But I think our defensive line can handle their offensive line. I think their quarterback is bad. I, I just think this is... A good matchup for our defense, and the fact of the matter is, this offense is built for speed, and so is our defense. So it's still, you know, the one thing that they can do to hurt people, we're built to stop. On the other side, and I don't want to oversell their defense too much, but they do have some pieces. Uh, Javon Holland, who was a rookie last year, was just absolutely dominant at safety. Uh, they've got Xavier Howard, who's a very good corner. He wasn't nearly as good as he was before, and he was largely, you know, a, a, again, he was a guy that got his his grade and his how good he was based a lot on picks when the picks went away um still good but not nearly as good obviously but on top of decent corners really good safety they've got a good defensive line they've got ingram coming off the edge now who's a really good uh pass rusher you got emmanuel agba coming off the edge um who kind of intermittent but was pretty good last year and then you've got Christian Wilkins, who really blew up last year. He's kind of a one of those guys that was a year three bloomer, 64, 68, and then 83. And I don't necessarily think that's a fluke, not necessarily saying he's going to be that good again, but I don't think he just drops back down to the 60s. I think this is a very good first-round pick that just needed some time to grow. So solid defensive line. Um, a good enough corner to be able to erase somebody and then just again one of the best safeties in football depending on if he can maintain that but Javon Holland was incredible last year they do have weaknesses the other two corners are not necessarily great the linebackers are not very good and the other safety is not very good so there's opportunity but um, not necessarily a walk in the park and it's one of those games that you you don't want to lose it you know it's Miami it should be a win but there's enough pieces here to make you go oh shoot So anyways, after that is Minnesota and Detroit. and Again, I'm not really going to cover those. Um, The only thing is, you know, with Minnesota, obviously, if we lose to them week one, this is sort of a a get-right game. Hopefully we're kind of, everything's up to speed. The offense is humming. The defense is looking good, so we can kind of take it to them. But anyways, i got to get out of here. You folks have yourselves a fantastic whatever day it is. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.